Hi, and welcome to our podcast at Elim Life Church. We're really praying that you would be impacted by God's word as you listen today. If you've got any stories of answered prayer or you'd like to get in touch in any way, please contact us via our website, www.elimlifechurch.co.uk. God bless. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And so now we come to God's word. What an amazing opportunity that we can have, wherever you're joining in from, Whatever you're doing, you can stop and pause in these moments and we can explore God's word together. And I'm really excited about the series that we're in at the moment, where we are encouraged and invited to look to Jesus, to focus on him, to give him our attention. And with everything that's going on in the world, what an encouragement to us that Jesus is with us. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, and verses, uh, chapter 12 and verses 1 to 3, we read this encouragement. This has kind of been the foundation of what we're thinking about over these last few weeks in Look to Jesus. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Those verses are so packed with incredible truth and an amazing encouragement for us to look to Jesus to keep walking the faith and keep running in the faith that God has called us to. You know, in the midst of uncertainty and change, from a global pandemic to family struggles, from financial concerns to a change in leadership here at Elim Life Church, from figuring out homeschooling to wearing masks to go shopping, from adapting as we do church online to working from home, from track and trace to testing if we get a cough, from mental health challenges to global restrictions, who else can we look to but Jesus? Yes, there are people who support us and we can be a support to people, but ultimately we are encouraged and invited to look to Jesus. And as we look to Jesus, something happens within us. Our hope rises and faith blossoms and we gain an eternal perspective on what's going on in the world and the reality of God with us. We can see that even in this time, there are things that we can be grateful for. 
You know, we don't want to downplay the level of trauma and loss that people have experienced. But we look to Jesus in the midst of it, and there are things that we can see that he's at work in our lives, that perspective. You know, in John chapter 6, Jesus is having a conversation with a crowd of followers, a crowd of disciples, and, and he's warning them that there are going to be hard times that are coming. And he's challenging them about really committing to following him. And so many in that moment chose to look away, turn away, walk away. But Peter says, and it's recorded for us in John 6, verses 68 to 69, Peter responded, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. In other words, Peter's going, where else can we go? Who else can we look to? You are the Holy One. You are God. You have the words of eternal life. Who else can we look to? And we look to Jesus because he's in charge, because he's sovereign, because he's present, because he is able to change and transform and bring peace and love and hope and joy to you right now in your situation, wherever you are, wherever you're tuning in from. And Although lockdown might feel so limiting, although it may have felt harder to stay connected with one another, and although some of you watching today or watching on demand might even be wondering, is it worth following Jesus through this all? Maybe you've not seen answers to prayer in the way that you've hoped, and the future still seems uncertain. Can I encourage you with those words of Peter to not look away or turn away, but to look again to Jesus, to look and see that he is with you and that he is real and that he loves you and that he's involved in your life. And today's account um, is a story of two sisters and really their response to Jesus being in their lives. And I, I want us to explore that and unpack that today. And as we do that, why don't you ask Holy Spirit right now, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me from this? How do you want me to respond? How do you want me to hear your word? You know, Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus, they lived in a place called Bethany, and they were really good friends of Jesus. And I guess Martha, knowing that Jesus was coming by for tea, wanted to make sure that everything was perfect. So let's look again. I'm going to read from the New International Reader's Version, just to remind us of the reading we heard a few moments ago. It's Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. So Jesus and his disciples are on their way. They come to a village where Martha is. And it says in verse 38, she welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary. Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was busy with all the things that had to be done. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, my sister has left me to do the work by myself. Don't you care? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Really, only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So there's this really short account that we find of, of Mary and Martha and their response to Jesus. And it's one of those stories that you could read through the Bible and almost kind of glance over and go, oh yes, it's the story of Mary and Martha, if it's familiar to you. Or maybe if you're new to exploring the Bible, you read it and think, oh, there's not really that much there. So, so let's dig a little bit deeper. There's two things I want us to take from it, you know. 
There's these two sisters. They're in the same house with the same Jesus and the same opportunity to look to him. One of them responds in busyness and the other in stillness. One gets distracted by all the things that are to be done and the other chooses to sit at the feet of Jesus. And I can almost hear some of you thinking and maybe even wanting to say out loud, that's okay for you, Sarah. You don't know how busy my life is. That's okay, Sarah. You don't know what's going on in my world. I haven't got time to sit at the feet of Jesus like Mary. I want to say this is not a time issue. This is a heart matter. Some of us will resonate more with Martha the doer, the activist. And some of us will resonate more with Mary. The idea of sitting at the feet of Jesus fills us with such joy. But let's look at what we can apply to our lives. I want us to think about two things. I want us to think about the position of Mary and Martha in this story and the posture of Mary and Martha in this story and what it can help us to apply and understand about our relationship with God. You see, Martha opened her home to Jesus, but Mary opened her heart to Jesus. Let me say that again. Martha opened her home to Jesus, but Mary opened her heart. You see, Mary gets into a different position as Jesus comes close. Martha gets to work preparing the food, and Mary gets to work preparing her heart. Who knows that maybe we can invite God to be part of our lives, but we don't always invite him to take up residence in our hearts. And Mary here, she takes up a position that is close and near to Jesus, at the feet of Jesus. I want to say Mary is not a lazy person in this, but she's chosen to look to Jesus, to give him her full attention. She's not multitasking Anyone else struggle with that? I am so bad for that. I'll have like 25 things open on the computer at a time, trying to do a conversation, maybe cook the dinner. But here, Mary has chosen to give Jesus her full attention. She's positioned herself so she can see and hear and listen to Jesus. And Martha is not wrong to be busy serving. It's not wrong to want to work and serve and, and show that you love God but she is distracted by it from looking to Jesus. It is the place that it's taking up in her heart and her mind. It's not just about the activity. And so Mary positions herself next to Jesus. You see, Jesus is in the house, but Mary takes a position to come close. Proximity matters. She positions herself to hear from Jesus first. And I want to say, in this season of life, it is important perhaps now more than ever, that we are looking and listening to Jesus for ourselves. That we are spending time with him in our own relationship. That we are asking him about the things that are going on in our own lives. That we're not multitasking our relationship with God. You know, when we say yes to Jesus, when we give him our lives, he comes close to us. This is the wonder of the gospel that God, the creator of the universe, left the wonders of heaven, was born as a baby Jesus, and then gave his life in place of ours. He literally moved from heaven to earth to come close to us, to show us that he loves us. He positions himself in our lives, but how will we respond 
And why did Jesus do that? Well, you see, there's a separation that comes from the wrong things that we say, do, and think. The Bible calls this sin, and, and maybe you know what that word means, and maybe it's one of the first times you've heard it. But the wrong things that we say, do, and think, they separate us from the friendship with God that he always intended. And so when Jesus came to the earth and he lived an incredible life and performed wonderful miracles, the greatest miracle of all was his death and resurrection, that there was a price to be paid and a, and a way that had to happen to bring us back to friendship with God, that we could come close to him, that we could be positioned next to him. And Jesus was willing to do that for us. He died on the cross, a cruel death, to take the blame and pay the price and bring us into right friendship with God. And then he rose from the dead, conquering sin and death so that we could have a friendship with him in the here and now. God has always initiated friendship with us. And God is always present. Jesus comes into this home and Mary and Martha have a choice. And I want to say to you listening today, you have a choice. Jesus says Mary has chosen what is better. You have a choice. What will you do with Jesus? Maybe you've been following Jesus for a little while and you're aware that perhaps other things have come in and, and distracted your attention from him. It's okay. You have an opportunity very simply to come back to him. Perhaps you've been following Jesus for decades and maybe you're just feeling a little bit dry or uncertain in your relationship with God. I'm going to take some time to respond a little bit at the end of my talk and I'm going to lead you in some prayer. Or perhaps you're watching online and you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never recognized that he's close to you, that he loves you, that he wants a friendship with you. I want to just take a moment to pause before we continue in this story and give you an opportunity to respond to an invitation to know Jesus. And by saying yes to Jesus and giving him heart lives, what we're saying is, I admit I've left you out of my life. I've gone my own way. I believe, Jesus, that you're the son of God, that you love me, that you died for me, that you gave your life for me. You turn from an old way of living and you commit your life to following Jesus. If you want to do that, then why don't you say yes right now? Just say yes to him. Invite God into your life and say, yes, God, I'm sorry I've left you out of my life. I turn to follow you. Come and help me. And in the chat, there are some links that you can click and contact us as we'd love to help you in that journey that you started today. The reality is, is that God is present with us. He moves towards us. But how will we respond? Okay, let me ask you a question. Does anyone always feel the presence of God? What do I mean by that? Well, we can know in our head and we can know by faith that God is always with us. But we don't always necessarily feel the presence of Jesus. So this is when our faith has to kick in and God's word becomes our bedrock. James chapter 4 and verse 8 tells us this. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Or the passion version says move your heart closer and closer to God and he will come even closer to you. In other words, God invites us to draw close to him. Or maybe a verse from the Old Testament, a really famous Psalm 139. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And then it lists a whole hold of places, heaven, earth, under the earth. God is always there. You know, these verses encourage us to take up a position near to God because he's always near to us. And there's nothing wrong with Martha wanting to serve the Lord, but she is distracted by the preparations. 
And I don't know if you picked up how this changed her mindset and her attitude. It led to a, Lord, don't you care? I don't know, have you ever thought that, said that out loud? Yeah, I have too. <laughs> Lord, don't you care? Don't you understand what's going on? Imagine going up to Jesus. Imagine having him in your house for tea and going up to Jesus and telling him off because your sister's hanging out with him. Oh my goodness. You see, Martha is distracted from Jesus. You know, I really identify with Martha. I am a busy person, a doer, an active. I, I've got a great sense of duty and serving and, and I love to provide for others. But the problem is if we leave this attitude unchecked, two of things, two, one of two things can happen. Firstly, we either feel that we have to strive and then we've kind of proved to God that we love him. And in doing that, we've earned his approval. Then it leads to this unhealthy attitude of, I deserve this, or I deserve that. I've done this for God, therefore I deserve this. That's one of the ways that it can work its way out in our lives. The second is this sense that God isn't interested in us. That it, it kind of gives this attitude that sees serving God a way of earning his love when it's actually freely given in Jesus. And so we end up thinking, well, God couldn't love me and doesn't care. And both these things are a lie of the enemy because God loves you. Full stop, end of story, regardless of what you do. You know, Martha is like, I need to show God maybe, or I need to prove to God, or I, maybe he wants a meal. When actually what Jesus was saying is the better thing is to look to him, to give him attention. So we don't have to earn God's love or approval. You know, these ways are mindsets of the world. And Jesus turns it on his head. He says, Mary's chosen what is better and it won't be taken away. So what has Mary chosen? Well, she's chosen a different posture, a different focus. So does this mean that we give up on the housework? I wish. Say no to every invitation. Let the kids fend for themselves, never go into work and live a hermit's life. No, of course not. It is more than a style of prayer to sit at the feet of Jesus. It is a posture of the heart that we can all adopt. You know, let's not dismiss ourselves if we were not naturally wired to sit and contemplate. You know, the Amplified Version puts it this way. Mary seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. You see, Mary's posture was attentive. Martha's posture was distracted. Mary's posture was one of relationship, listening, looking to Jesus. And Martha's was one of duty. And what's so incredible about this account is that disciples, male disciples, were given the privilege of sitting at a rabbi, a teacher's feet in Jewish culture. It was so unusual for a woman to be invited into this. I love that Jesus is being so countercultural here. I wonder if part of the reason it's in included in God's word is to say all are welcome. And a disciple's posture, not like whether they sat like this or they sat like this or they leaned back, but the internal posture of their heart was attentive. They were there to learn, to listen, and to engage. And we can do this if we've got five minutes spare to give to God or five hours to give to God. It isn't a matter of time. It's a posture of the heart. And you and I can cultivate it. Whether you're a busy mum, whether you live alone, whether you've got a challenging job, whether you're a carer, 
Whatever your background or your situation, we can all cultivate a posture of the heart that is there to learn and to listen and to engage. To the God who is near, the God who is always present, the God who connects with us and communicates with us. And I want us to understand what this posture is and what it does for us. So I found this incredible quote by C.H. Spurgeon. And he sort of tries to explain a little bit about what that posture is and what happens when we adopt it. So here's the quote. Imagine not that to sit at Jesus' feet is a very small and meaning thing. It means peace. Say that word actually out loud where you are. That might feel a bit weird, but I want you to understand this is what happens in that posture of the heart. It means peace. Go on, say it. I know it's weird. Well done for those who did. Peace. For they who submit to Jesus find peace through his precious blood. It means holiness. Okay, say holiness. We've got peace. We've got holiness. It means holiness for those who learn of Jesus, learn no sin, but are instructed in things lovely and of good repute. It means strength. Okay, you're already ahead of me. Say strength, you've got it. It means strength for they that sit with Jesus and feed upon him are girded with his strength. The joy of the Lord is their strength. It means wisdom. Go on, say it out loud. Wisdom. We've got peace, holiness, strength, wisdom. For they that learn of the Son of God understand more than the ancients because they keep his statutes. It means zeal. Come on, that's not a word we use every day. Zeal, it means passion. It means zeal for the love of Christ fires hearts that live upon it. And they that are much with Jesus become like Jesus. Isn't that incredible? So that the zeal of the Lord's house eats them up. Wow, that posture of the heart, that attentiveness of our mind and our thinking and our heart and our attention brings us peace, holiness, strength, wisdom, and zeal, and so much more. But the reality is, if we wait until there's nothing else to be done before we position ourselves near to Jesus and take up a posture of listening and learning and engaging, if we wait until everything's sorted before we do that, we'll never do it. It'll always be the thing that gets squidged out of our lives because there's always something else to be done. We have to decide in our heart and with our time that God is a priority. And that as we spend this time positioning ourselves near him and posturing our heart towards him, he then gives us the wisdom and the strength and the zeal to do all the other things that we're entrusted with, whether that's children or work or hobbies or serving. He'll give us all that we need for that. So I really want us to respond today. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a few moments to pray together. Anyone remember that old um, kind of encouragement? I think it was around crossing the road. Stop, look, and listen. Anyone remember that? I might be showing my age now. Stop, look, and listen. In fact, when I get to the edge of a curb, I still do that. You know, I stop, I look, and I listen. And so we're going to do that in the spiritual sense today. So actually, if I can trust you to close your eyes and not fall asleep to the sound of my voice, why not just do that wherever you're watching from online? Because we're going to stop, we're going to look to Jesus, and we're going to listen. So here we go. Stop. Whatever you're doing, if you're able, pause. Be still and quiet yourself down. It's not just about a physical stopping, but letting your mind become peaceful and quiet. We can be so connected to so many things. 
And there's grace for us in various seasons of busyness in our lives. Remember, this is not simply about time, it's about our attention. I want to ask you the question, when you have a moment spare, when you have a moment free, what do you fill your mind with? Those are the moments that God wants to be invited in. Psalm 46 verse 10 tells us, be still and know that I am God. You may need to say no to something in order to say yes to Jesus. So be still. If your mind is racing, ask Holy Spirit to come and help you let your mind be calm and start to turn your attention to God. Don't multitask your relationship with God. The temptation when you're online is to do other things and watch. I'll just do this email. I'll just sort this thing out. But in these moments, why not actually just stop? Maybe close your eyes. Take a deep breath in and out. And acknowledge that God is with you. Stop. Look. Listen. So we've taken a moment to stop. And now we're going to look. Maybe at this point you want to open your eyes and get your Bible out and look into God's word. Maybe you're looking to Jesus and inviting him to speak. Maybe you're aware of what's going on in your physical body, in in your emotions, and you're asking God to come and help you with that. Fixing your gaze on Jesus, becoming quiet in his presence, and sharing with him what's on your heart. Be aware what's going on inside of you and invite Jesus to speak. Stop. Now look. Look to Jesus. Invite him to speak. And then listen. Stop, look, and listen. Wait for him to respond. It might be an impression. It might be a verse from the Bible. It might be a sentence or a picture in your mind. And a really easy way to help us work out whose voice we're listening to is If the voice is kind of logical or reasoning or analytical, it's probably you. If a voice is destructive or vicious or negative or accusing or condemning, it's probably the enemy. But if the voice is kind and loving and wise and healing and inspirational, then that's probably God. So let's take a moment. What is Jesus wanting to speak into your life today, to show you today? And whatever he's showing you, it won't ever contradict his word. It will match up with his word. And I want to encourage you to use this as a regular rhythm and and practice as your life, but also to write down or to make a note in your app what God is saying to you so that it will encourage you and remind you and help you to know how to apply what God is saying. So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today as you stop, look, and listen? You know, Jesus invites us to relationship. He wants to walk this life with us. And he says these amazing words, few things are needed, indeed only one. And from this one thing, all else flows. Mary and Martha's position and posture give us a choice. Will we choose to to position ourselves near to God who has positioned himself near to us? And will we posture our hearts and our attention towards him? Not just in the time that we set aside for him, but in all of our time. In those moments where we have a moment to ourselves or our mind goes idle. Rather than going for the phone or the tablet or the next to-do thing on the list. 
Why not stop, look, and listen to Jesus? Amen? Amen. Well, we are going to respond and continue to respond as we sing these songs of worship together, songs that we've chosen specifically for today to help you to continue to encounter God where you are and to look to Jesus. So let's worship and respond. Just one. 
Time.